Hi everybody, it's Rob Kays and Trevor Koppel and it's football in general. We're back for another week to talk all the wild craziness that's going on in the NFL right now. Trevor, what's going on, man? How are you? Uh, doing very well, doing very well. Excited to get into uh, the top stories of the week. Yeah, yeah. So let's, let's. Uh, well, I would like to start with our boy over in Buffalo, Um let me ask you this, man. Do you ever have you ever heard of more, anything? I'm stumbling over words here because I can't believe the contract we, that Josh Allen just signed. Have you yeah. ever met a better salesperson than Josh Allen? Yeah, it's it's pretty incredible. <laughs> I mean, I, I think he was definitely uh, in line for a payday, but I never would have expected something so huge. Um, mm. Yeah, he's uh, he's what he's easily the new highest player in football ever. Ever. Josh Allen. One yeah. season. <laughs> AFC Championship game. That's it. Golly. I I, I, I mean, all this, he gets Stefan Diggs, and then he just, I mean, there there it is. <laughs> he's All of a sudden, he's an all-pro quarterback who deserves $43 million a season. <laughs> I mean, I know we were going through inflation because of COVID, but uh, is, it, is it that bad? Is, are bread prices really high? Yeah, Can nobody I afford a vehicle know. anymore? <laughs> you know, I, I've seen some pretty hilarious uh, takes on this already today. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of people think uh, Josh Allen's tricked everybody. Um, I do think he's uh, a really talented young quarterback. He's got a long future in the league. Um, but yeah, it, it's it seems like a pretty pretty gigantic reward for one really good season. Um, so. Uh, one of the things that comes to mind right away, uh, because you know I, I watched the situation that led to Stefan Diggs leaving the Vikings, is uh, you know how 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 much pay does uh, Diggs deserve for the same amount of success? Right, right, and I think it's fair to say that like once he joined the team, I mean that offensive playbook like opened up like. Uh, uh, <laughs> you, you know, insert metaphor here, right? <laughs> like, you know, I, I mean, it, it's just amazing the kind of impact he had on the Buffalo Bills offense. And, um, you know, going from <clears throat> just being a, a, an outside receiver who can basically run every single route and, and a number one receiver, like something they have lacked for several years, you know, over right. in Buffalo. And something he Josh Allen really needed. So I don't think anybody's denying that he can get the ball to Stephon Diggs. <laughs> I think that Not was pretty all. obvious. Yeah. yeah, you know, I think it's just what happens if Diggs isn't on the field and Josh Allen's Josh Allen and, uh, you know, he takes a big old dump in his pants like he did in the AFC Championship game last year. So, um, you know, he's young. Uh, he's got a big arm. Uh, he's, he's, a, he's a very tall man, from what I've been told. Uh, so I, I don't doubt he could he, – he's probably a what – what would you call him, top ten? Quarterback? Is he top I mean, 10? I, I don't think it's crazy to call him top 10. I know some people would put him much higher mm. than that. Um, but, uh, no, I, I think he's a top 10 talent. 
So let me ask you this. Outside of Rodgers, Brady, and Mahomes, how far does that quarterback talent drop off outside of those three? You know, I think I think that's a tougher question to answer than a lot of people uh, uh, give. So, you know, there's it, it really depends on how you evaluate a great quarterback because um, mm-hmm. there's certainly quarterbacks out there that have uh, things that, that people like Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers don't have. Um, so, uh, you know, just, you know, Lamar Jackson's ability to run the ball. Uh, those guys cannot do that. Uh, so wait, wait, Tom Brady can't break some of these ankles. No, no. Uh, nope. I mean, maybe what? I think he did once, but, uh, <laughs> his ankles or somebody else's <laughs> <laughs> what side but, of ankles uh, was affected. But I, you know, I, I think people know what I'm talking about. It, you know, and then, you know, in the, in the perspective of the game, this team sport that we love, uh, you know, which quarterback really serves his team the best, you know, fits, fits where he, where he finds himself. So I, you know, I, I want to say that you're right. There is a big drop off after those top three or four guys, but I don't think it's, as big a drop as a lot of people might have you believe, I think that that small difference has big implications. Um, but uh, you know, I think there's, uh, I think there's a lot of quarterbacks in this league that are you know just a, a, a step or two away from being really, really great. Hmm. Yeah. I think that's I, I okay. So you're saying like, there's you know either it, it, the that step could that step excuse me could come with experience and or um, something like winning a Super Bowl for example you know sure. and that's how that's why the the margin is so large essentially right. it's not right. not always necessarily in like the games that are played on Sunday it that's absolutely yeah okay all right well and, and you know that's a good take um, you know I think a lot of people when they think of quarterbacks in the NFL will just automatically say those three and that's fine. Oh, sure. For for obvious reasons. Uh, Yeah. Right. They sell the most jerseys. They arguably play the best. Um, One of them just can't get past uh, uh, that awful Uh last Sunday in January, if you know who I'm talking about. And uh, (laughs) that's uh, not being facetious. That's Aaron Rodgers. Um, (laughs) And the other two can. And I think until Josh Allen does, uh, you know, in my opinion, I think he's maybe like the ninth or tenth best quarterback in the league. Right. No, that's, I, I that's, certainly. That's where I, I would put him. Yeah, I don't think he's the best quarterback in the league. Um, he's he's making the best quarterback in the league type of money, but uh, that sort of thing goes around. You know, one time it was uh, uh, Kirk Cousins, and, and a while before that, uh, Matthew Stafford was the highest paid player in the history of football. So mm. it just kind of goes around with these high-valued quarterbacks that teams want to be able to uh, structure everything else around. So. Right, right. And <clears throat> I've heard it say, I heard it said before, when you have a franchise quarterback, like, you just pay him. If you think you have a franchise quarterback, you just pay him. Right. You know? And you kind of deal with the consequences afterwards. But uh, $43 right. million per year, you, you know, that's – I don't know what the seller cap's at now. It's probably, what, 160 million. Something along those lines, under maybe 180. I'm not 100 percent sure, uh, but that's like a quarter of your salary cap is donated, is dedicated, and granted, the most important position in sports. So, right. um, 
if you're going to win a Super Bowl, uh, you'll be hard pressed to do it with anything but a franchise quarterback. You know, um, right. I, I I once heard Robert Kraft say, "We'll never don't we'll never ever go above twenty percent." Um, you know, dedicated to the quarterback position for the salary cap. I don't disagree with that, but like every year this position gets more and more important. And it's hard for me to argue that guys like Mahomes and like Watson and Rodgers and Brady don't deserve that amount of the salary cap, you know? Right, right. And and there's a lot to consider there. And, uh, you know, a lot of it comes down to the 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 people involved as well. Like uh, you know, Tom Brady was able to uh, you know put some of his money back on the table to uh, play with a more complete roster. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, you know, it's it's always interesting to see how these situations are gonna unfold. Um, and uh, you know, the latest out of Buffalo is they're very very committed to their quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> and the wings are still bad. Uh, well, you know, it's <laughs> it's not a great joke. Uh, sorry, I, Lord, I apologize. Uh, but you know, it's it's interesting um, the how the when and how they get paid. I think it's just very interesting. I mean, he, this guy probably had another what two years before he would have had to have hit his um, legitimate starting quarterback salary. Yeah. And I guess you get out in front of it. You pay him forty million in twenty twenty two. You know, you hope it's not fifty. <laughs> right. He signs a contract by then. So I, I get it. Uh, I guess we're kind of going on about this, you know, but I, I think it's just surprising. Um, considering we're, we're used to seeing in the in the past, other than Matthew Stafford, people who are just so talented that are getting paid and who have won things before they get paid. But now it's, you know, they, they're so hard to scout. They're so hard to find franchise quarterbacks. Everybody seems to have a quarterback, but very fr- few have like ones that can legitimately win you a playoff game. You know, right, right. Yeah. So let me ask you this: Where does this leave Lamar Jackson? Uh, so that's an interesting one because uh, you know, same draft class. Uh, some people might even grade Lamar Jackson a little higher when it comes to talent, mm-hmm. depending on what what you value. Uh, but uh, you know, has not had the same amount of success. Has seen some success. You know, spent some time in the playoffs. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, I, he certainly, you know, you're, you're going to expect him to get a big contract as well. Um, I don't know, uh, you know, what he might be able to do to, to, to overtake a contract like, uh, Josh Allen's, it would, it would require something pretty big from them this year. So, hmm. Mar Jackson. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if he would get forty million. You right. Know, I, I, he, I don't know, but like, if you if we think Josh Allen's nine or ten, like Omar right. Jackson is like twelve or fifteen. <laughs> right. You know. So but, like, you know, what if, is if uh, you know if Lamar Jackson were to say make it to the AFC Championship, then uh, then the conversation changes. I think. You think he gets more money? Oh sure. Okay, so take out the Happy Meal, get more money. Yeah. <laughs> is that where we're... yeah yeah i mean uh, how much would he be worth you know if we're looking at 43 for josh allen like let's say lamar jackson gets the afc championship all of a sudden he's in another echelon of quarterback like is he gonna get 43 million 
and like a, almost a fully guaranteed contract? I mean, I, I don't think it's impossible. Hmm. Well, we all missed our calling, friends. We all should have been striving to be quarterbacks our whole life. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, forget it. Forget that doctor. Forget that. Uh, forget forget that that scientist or astronaut, man. We all we all missed the boat on this one. Um, what about Baker Mayfield? Where where is he left in the conversation? Well, I mean, so that's an interesting one because you know he's had he's had a good bit of success himself. A lot of it is uh, you know turning around. Uh, the the Browns culture there, which he didn't do by mm. himself, and uh, arguably he's had more uh, overall help. You know, playing on a on a better, I believe, overall roster than either of the other two quarterbacks we just talked about. So that's trickier because they've got more uh, more talented players to take care of, and although I think. Baker Mayfield is is a good quarterback. I think he's definitely going to be the guy in Cleveland for a while. Um, I don't know if Cleveland can afford to give him the contract that may, I mean, he might even deserve a contract like these other two guys. But I don't think Cleveland will be able to do it. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, you you wonder how they value him. I mean, like if they let's say, well, they paid Miles Garrett. You know that happened. Um, right. So we, right. we can kind of throw that one out. But like if they were, if it came down to him or let's say they're uh, the two running backs, I mean, they paid cream hunt too. So, well, they sort of, they gave him a three year, what? $15 million deal. And they just signed Chubb, right? Right. So, <laughs> so uh, I mean, let me ask you this. I mean, is this a team that could win with anybody? Does it have to be Baker, be Baker Mayfield? So I, I don't think that there is a team that can win with anybody at quarterback. Um, I think uh, a roster like uh, like uh, Cleveland, um, you know, you you don't have to have uh, you know Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers to to win with that roster. So I, I I think you do need a good, reliable quarterback, and and Baker Mayfield is what they've got there, and uh, you know, occasionally really wow somebody, but mm. uh, but I you know I trying to think of who you might be able to plug in and expect the same amount of success. Because, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I mean, I you know, I, I just don't think that they need, uh, you know, they, they, I don't know what I'm trying to say. They're, the rest of their roster really balances everything on that, on you know, on the field. So I just think that uh, Baker Mayfield won't be – I, I predict he's going to stay in Cleveland because I don't know mm-hmm. why he'd want to leave, but uh, he's probably going to have to accept less overall money than than the guys he was drafted above. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, he, it's kind of funny how we've talked about how the draft can kind of sort of be like a crapshoot, um, and it, it look no further <laughs> right. mm-hmm. than the 2018 one where literally Baker Mayfield is number one overall, and the guy that got picked 30 picks later – um, Mar Jackson is going to get paid more money than him, most likely, most likely, right? Right, right. Um, you know, and, and I can't help but think, what happened to Josh Rosen? Where are you? <laughs> oh man, <laughs> are you uh, lost? Do you need yeah. help? Do you need an adult? <laughs> yeah, send you know? out a send out a search party for that guy. <laughs> Somebody, please write a message in a bottle and send it into the ocean, and maybe it will come up and he'll find it <laughs> somewhere. 
but all in all seriousness, I mean, it's it's just interesting. I, I thought I really, I mean, and this is just me being. I just love the 2018 draft in general. Uh, from top to bottom, especially the first round was like so stacked, you know. And like Fred Warner came out of that later. DJ Chark, you know, Nick Chubb, Darius Leonard. I mean, it's so good, and all these guys are gonna get paid. Uh, you know, Bradley Chubb, Denzel Ward. Like we're just looking at a few ahead here. Minkin Fitzpatrick. There's a lot of guys are gonna get paid here soon, you know. Right. Uh, Quentin Nelson. Sorry, my boy. The big oh, fat boy. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, yeah. Hello. <laughs> there's a there's a guy that deserves some money. Calvin Ridley. You know, I. I you just. You, it's just funny. Um, you look at all these names, and then you look at a name like you know, uh, let's see, Rashad Penny. I mean, done nothing in Seattle. You know, um, or Taven Bryan down in Jacksonville. You know, I mean, there's just so many whiffs. Uh, Mike Hughes. Mike Hughes from Minnesota. Oh, absolutely, you know? yeah. Right, Sony Michelle. If you want to go there, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm vulnerable. Uh, I, I can take hits. It's <laughs> fine. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just funny how that works. So, um, anywho, moving on to the next one. Well, going from uh, somebody who's getting paid to somebody who may be really affected by the COVID situation. Who knows? Like, I, you know, I have a lot of a lot of theories about what ha- what's, what may happen to Kirk Cousins. What do you think's going on in Minnesota right now? Minnesota. You know, it's it's kind of an interesting situation because uh, you've got two things happening there. The first is uh, with the quarterbacks. Um, uh, I think it was Kellen Mond, the rookie, who tested positive for COVID. And all the quarterbacks in the quarterback room were deemed close contacts, so they were all going to be placed on, on the COVID list, except for the one who had been vaccinated uh, who, forgive me, his name escapes me because I've never heard of him before. Um, but basically he got all the uh, all the offensive reps because uh, he was the only quarterback in camp this week. Um, so, you know, really interesting situation there. I believe Kirk Cousins returned to practice today. Mm. Um, but, uh, you know, really, uh, really upsetting to Mike Zimmer. Uh, he's coming out hard about, you know, wanting all the players vaccinated. It shouldn't be more difficult than that. Uh, but it uh, sounds like Kirk Cousins is not changing his mind. But while you have all this happening, you also have the, uh, you know, the thing unfolding with uh, Rick Dennison, the O-Lines coach, who was, uh, you know, removed from that position because of his refusal to get a vaccine. And now he is the... Uh, senior offensive advisor to the Vikings. So, you know, they're, they're, they're coming out strong, wanting all their players vaccinated. Meanwhile, the O-line coach gets to do what looks like a bit of an end around to stay involved, uh, coaching the team without keeping the title and therefore not needing the, uh, the vaccine. So it just kind of doesn't add up. Yeah, and you know, like this isn't surprising. I feel like this happens in the NFL a lot. <laughs> you know, there's there's these so many end rounds, and the you know, there's just no like um, surveillance or follow up or just really any care whatsoever <laughs> that some of this stuff happens the way it does. It's just pretty wild, you know. In terms of like, hey, Rick, you know, if you're a se- if you're somebody who comes in contact with the players and your assistant or coordinator or coach, 
yep, you need to be vaccinated. All right, well, he's not going to get vaccinated, but he's going to stay on the staff. We're just going to we're going to put him in a box. Right, somewhere. right. And, right. and for, <laughs> for know, all like, I know, for all I know, he is going to have uh, greatly, if not completely, reduced contact with the team. But uh, but that's hard person. to believe. So yeah, right, right. They'll they'll figure out some way to get him on the sideline. You know, put him in. Put him in the Vikings mascot costume, (laughs) (laughs) make him grow a mustache or something. No, I'm joking. But um, in all seriousness, I mean, you wonder if this is isolated incident in in terms of one team or if this is going to be a thing we see throughout the season. What do you what do you think? Right. Well, I I mean, I, 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 I don't want to think that the Vikings will be the only team with any COVID drama this year, but I also don't want to wish it on anybody else either. Mm. Um but uh, it's it's pretty expected that that we're going to have more situations like this. I don't want to say cases, uh, <laughs> more situations like <laughs> this uh, with more teams as we get closer to the season and and on into the season. So, and it's like, listen, folks, we know it's nauseating to hear about COVID. I mean, you know, if anything that's going to give us ratings or people downloading or listeners subscribers it's not going to be COVID <laughs> I can tell you that right now okay but you know and the thing is the God honest truth is that this is as much as it is like a uh, a pandemic and an issue around the world it's going to affect all our sports you know it's going to affect the things we like to watch it's going to affect everything you can possibly even imagine even if we want to pretend it won't it still will you know um, that's the way it works you know it's it's like the it's it's the ultimate uh, comic book villain, you know, if you were to write it. So um, in this case, you know, you, you just hope that he gets. I don't I don't know why he can't get the vaccine. You hope he. I guess in, if you if you're not gonna if you're against it, fine, your choice. Um, at this point, it seems like he's going out of his way to not get it. I don't know how that's well, benefiting the team. It's as much as him, you know. That's one of the so. things that I find a little strange about it too. Not not that I, you know, spend all day every day trying to find out, but uh, you know, staying up with the story, it's never mentioned that I've seen as to why Kirk Cousins isn't doing it. It's not like he's trying to, you know, spearhead a political movement or something that I've seen. Um, so you know. It just kind of, you know, if if he doesn't have some reason not to do it, then why not for the sake of being a leader on the team and just sure. saying it's about putting the team first? Because whether whatever your opinions on the vaccine or COVID in general are, uh, the rules are very clear uh, mm-hmm. for COVID this year. And it's in the best interest of the team that the players get vaccinated. It's that simple. Right. Yeah, it, it really, I mean, even if you're against, it really is that simple. And, and lo- I, the way I look at it is at the end of the day, it's no different than working for any employer. You know, if the employer tells you to do something, you don't want to do it. Okay, well, that's your choice, but you're going to have consequences one way or the right. other. Right, Abs- absolutely. To, you know, and we talked about it on one of the earlier podcasts, like, you know, it, this is the way it's going to be, you know. Um, and, and you are employed by a team, you're employed by the NFL, and you're making really good money, you know. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> You know, and so like I'm not saying you have to go get it, but there, there's you're you're this is what you're going to incur. You're going to incur a, a domino effect potentially of other people being at risk, or fans, or yourself, or your family. Like uh, this is what it is, and whatever your reasons are, I like to hear them. I mean, honestly, we, we all want to hear them because I think all of us are 
not thrilled about talking about it or hearing about it, you know? <laughs> so at this point, we want to, we want to watch football, you know, we don't want to talk about COVID, but it's, this is the way our, this is just the way it is, you know? Um, stay, staying in-house in Eagle, Minnesota, Egan, Minnesota, excuse me. That's where they they do their practices. Um, Justin Jefferson sprained his AC joint, his left shoulder. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a, I mean, it, it sounds, I wasn't trying to say here, it doesn't sound as bad as it actually is. That's, you know, because of the way your shoulder rotates and everything else, I don't pretend to be a doctor, but that's obviously if you're playing receiver, you're going to be stretching out for balls. You're going to be making catches. You're going to be taking hits over the middle. This guy had over a hundred catches last year, 1400 yards. Like, is this something that they'll ha- the Vikings will have to worry about uh, long-term with Jefferson, or is it just something we can kind of monitor for the time being? Well, uh, you know, here's a heavy dose of my famous optimism. Um, you know, you, you, I, it's probably not a big deal. Um, you know, these guys are young athletes with some of the best, uh, you know, sports trainers in the world there. Mm. And uh, I think he'll probably be just fine um, if it was something serious. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd probably find out soon. And then it would be something to worry about if it was something serious because, uh, you know, he's a huge part of the uh, plan for the team moving forward. Um, you know, they, they needed someone to replace Stefan Diggs. Um, they haven't had a, a high-drafted uh, wide receiver workout since then. You know, they, they've been looking for uh, somebody reliable that they could add to the wide receiver uh, group for a while now. And uh, I'm trying to think of the first round pick that was a total bust. Um, but oh, uh, uh, they had like Cordell Patterson. and um, uh, So e- uh, even even Patterson had a bigger career than the, the guy I'm thinking oh, of. Oh, uh, Laquan Treadwell. Treadwell, mm-hmm. Treadwell. And, and I mean, I was in Laquan Treadwell's corner. I, I wanted him to I wanted him to work out. Um, but he didn't, you know, and that was a, that was a first round pick. So Mm. to, to have an obvious talent, like, uh, like Judy, uh, it's just, sorry, Jefferson. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, you know, to, 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 you know, for that to, you know, for him to have like a career impacting injury, that would be a huge deal for this team. Right. And, you know, you just, it, it's just the hits, hits keep on coming in Minnesota. And honestly, it's, it's, it's just, I think about a consolidated preseason, you know, um, anyway, training camp's going right now. And it's like, this is like the last thing you would want, you know, and granted, it's a sprayed AC joint, but like I mentioned, you know, these, these little injuries, especially sprains, they don't heal very quickly, you know. And I could see it going on for, I, I don't know, two or three, four weeks, maybe longer. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I don't think not time to panic. Be, yeah. I think he'll be ready for the regular season. And, right. uh, you know, when it comes to these sorts of things, I think the, the current – uh, philosophy is to just uh, err on the side of caution. You know, if he if he were to aggravate it because he wanted to come back after two weeks instead of three, uh, you know, that's a huge huge screw up by everybody involved. So, um, right. 
you know, I, I get that it's, it's unfortunate to have him missing out on practice going into the season this late, but, uh, I do think he'll, he'll have a good year. So, so folks still draft him. <laughs> That's yeah, yeah, just, I, I'm, I'm, right I'm not going to let him pass me in the draft. No. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Don't, don't, don't listen to us. No, <laughs> um, no, but seriously, I mean, it's going to, I guess he might, he might have a slower start. That's kind of what I anticipate, but otherwise he'll probably be okay. So, um, what'd you think about the hall of fame game last night? Uh, this would be a Friday night. We're recording this. So yeah, last night. Yeah. Uh, so it was really, really great. Uh, you know, very, uh, comforting to, uh, hear all the, uh, familiar voices and the, you know, Fox sports music. Uh, so, you know, it, it was just very reassuring that the, the real football is, you know, just a month or so away. So, yeah, uh, you can just smell it. Oh. Yeah. It's, uh, it's really good. So and, and, you know, beyond that, it was, you know, for a preseason game, it was interesting. You know, uh, what, what can you say? You, you turn it on, you pay attention, you, you wash some dishes and make a meal, but you just, <laughs> you're always paying attention and it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. You call you grab a beer, you call your grandmother, you haven't talked to in a couple of years, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, Hey, you watching the preseason game? No, I'm watching, uh, watching the Olympics. So uh, what, what? <laughs> <laughs> what are those? <laughs> We're all, we're all about football here, but seriously, um, I just, you know, this Hall of Fame game, it's it, it's fun, you know, it, it really is, and uh, I love that they they kind of show some of the videos of the guys getting, um, you know, getting told that they're heading in the Hall of Fame, they go to their houses, they surprise them when they're going to take a bath, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. like, you know, somebody's sitting there with a golden jacket, like, ready to throw it on them when they're going on the toilet or something, <laughs> like, oh my god, what are you doing here? Uh, you know, it, it's just, it, yeah, you're right though. It's just, it's the sign of a new season. You know, it's cutting, it's, it's no different than your old man cutting the grass, you know, and, <laughs> uh, in, in May, you know, it's, it's, it's exciting. So, um, I think one thing I do want to take out of this real quick, I thought it was interesting. Uh, two, two guys are really, well, two rookies. So, uh, Najee Harris, man, seven carries, 22 yards against the, basically a second string Cowboys defense i was kind of concerned about that what did you think um you know i thought it was uh i thought it was some good running um you know with a running back like this uh this you know getting to see just a a few reps it it's not going to tell you what he's like through the course of a game you know a lot of these Mm -hmm. uh physical style runners they pick up most of their yards in the second half when the when the defense is starting to get tired. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's still a lot left to see in terms of evaluating him. Um, that being said, I, I do think that he's going to be, uh, you know, sought after in your draft. So, um, the two guys, Jabril Cox and Micah Parsons, both middle linebackers that the Cowboys drafted, thought they had a really good game. I thought they, I thought they both looked really well. And granted, you're going against like second and third stringers, right. so uh, keep that in mind. But I thought right. basically Micah Parsons hadn't played in two years, and Cox I think hadn't played. I don't know if he's playing that. Well, I don't think LSU went to a bowl game this year, so he he's been really out for a while in terms of like uh, professional. I mean, uh, football action is concerned. I thought they looked really good. Um, well, I thought they looked great too. I thought they, yeah. you know, they were really flying around the field. Uh, yeah. ending up where the play ended, uh, which is exactly what your linebackers are supposed to do. Um, 
so uh you know it is definitely you know like i said there's a lot more left to see with the with evaluating these young guys but so far no red flags yes yes yeah no challenge flags thrown at anybody luckily <laughs> so uh and dewey haskins uh, Dwayne Haskins, sorry, for people don't know. He goes by Dewey, too. <laughs> Dwayne also goes by Dewey. Dwayne Johnson, he went by Dewey Johnson, in case you... Well, okay, well, I'll stop with that. Um, you know, I thought it was interesting, and I know this is going to be, like, a non-story in most people's minds, but, like, Pittsburgh's backup quarterback situation between Mason Rudolph, Dewey Haskins, and Josh Dobbs. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it's interesting. The only reason I say is because, you know, you got Roethlisberger, second year off that Tommy John and him just being older like this might be kind of a interesting little thing tidbit to watch during training camp you know right so. right and so uh you know they they were even talking about that a bit during the game that the the battle for backup QB is kind of like battling for the uh position of heir apparent to uh mm-hmm. Roethlisberger um but uh of course it's not exactly that simple you know they're definitely mm-hmm. in a good position if they're the number two quarterback, but it doesn't mean that they'll be the starter after Ben. And, you know, they could go find somebody, draft somebody else. Um, but, uh, you know, that being said, I I think that they have a tough decision to make. And uh, I I lean towards Mason Rudolph. I think, he's, yeah. I think he's really come along well. Um, I was a big fan of his when he was playing for the Oklahoma State Cowboys. I thought it was really great when they drafted him because it was going to give him a chance to really develop. You know, he he kind of fits the style of quarterback they've had there with Ben Roethlisberger. Um, but, uh, you know, it's a big transition for a quarterback like that into the NFL. Uh, and I think that, that uh, well, he's been with the team for three or four years now. It's something uh, like that. Mason I don't think he remembers either after that hit with the helmet. <laughs> that was pretty <laughs> so, good. That was pretty yeah. good. Um, <laughs> yeah, brutal. Um, yes. But, uh, you know, I think uh, I think he's definitely got the respect of that locker room. Um, mm. And uh, I think, uh, you know, he, yeah, he's probably the front runner for that, for them, for the future. So, mm. mm-hmm. Okay. Well, yeah, I definitely enjoyed it. We got another week of preseason coming up here, and oh my God, football is back! I'm so excited. <laughs> we'll just we'll talk more about it towards the end. Uh, we won't do like a preview or anything, but just briefly, just kind of mention some of the games we're looking for. Without further ado, let's go back to our running backs. Everybody's been waiting for a tier four and plus. Trevor, what do you think about? Uh, let's see here. Who we leave off with? David David Montgomery. Chicago Bears running back. And did we talk uh, about him last time? We we did not. He's okay. he's basically going to lead off our tier fours. Um, so real quick, uh, this is from FantasyPros dot com. Uh, really good website in terms of projections, stats, and everything else, and kind of looking at the schedule and seeing what which which people you kind of want to target based on the 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 teams they're playing and like their their projected rank and everything else. So um, I'll just start off, David Montgomery. The best he's been picked is at nine, which seems kind of crazy, um, considering it's the Chicago Bears. They never have a good offense. And the worst, 76. So we're looking like late first round, the best at the end of like round eight or nine, depending on your your uh, 
your league. I'm sorry. Uh, what do you do? You have any opinion on Sir Sir Montgomery? So I I do like this running back. Okay. Um, I think that his. So I, I think you could see a real breakout year for David Montgomery. Um, his he's got the talent to be a great fantasy running back, and depending on how things go with the quarterback battle, um, if they get things figured out, uh, he could become part of a really well balanced offense with a complementary defense. Mm. So I think that there's a lot of potential there. Um, it might require a, a, a when I say slow start a really slow start I think that the the most amount of success you're going to get out of David Montgomery goes hand in hand with how quickly they transition to their future franchise quarterback uh or you know what what Bears fans are really hoping for um because I think uh Fields uh once he gets comfortable in that offense that's when montgomery becomes a dangerous fantasy option Mm. yeah i I agree with that i like the the analysis and like it really depends on like what kind of front seven they're going to be facing more often than not you know um and and certainly like you know he's going to be the bell cow because cohen tyree cohen is really not like a guy who's going to get like you know 25 touches or what have you like you know this David Montgomery kid, um, and I can say kid. He's younger than me. Okay, <laughs> uh, like I think I do think like in terms of projections, um, I think a thousand yards is pretty legit. And honestly, like maybe ten touchdowns between the rushing and the receiving. I don't see why that would be uh, unheard of for him. No, you know? I, I think that's a, a reasonable projection. Uh, yeah, I I do think that it will be loaded on the second half of the season though. Mm-hmm. Okay, DeAndre Swift. Um, I tell you, uh, a guy who I think might thrive in Detroit uh, behind a, a, a pretty crummy offensive line, but just in terms of like he's going to get volume and he can he can catch and, and run um, as evidenced by last season. And he's young. And he's just really fast. And some of these Georgia running backs, like year two and three, oh, they're just so much better. I don't know why Georgia's like that. Um I don't know why the running backs come out. They need a year or two to kind of get better. Like Sony Michelle was kind of right. like that, even though right. like um, really, I mean, he hit his stride in the playoffs. You know, um, right? What do we think about DeAndre Swift? So I I do think that this is a a, a team that's going to lean on DeAndre Swift like he's Christian McCaffrey, uh, and even though he's, he's I don't think he's going to put up those kind of numbers. That's the sort of volume that I think is going to be there. Um, so I do think that he's going to get you, you know, very consistent scores week to week because he's just going mm-hmm. to get that many opportunities. Um, I don't think he's going to get uh, as many red zone opportunities as he'd otherwise be able to capitalize on. Um, so I'm not predicting a lot of touchdowns for DeAndre mm-hmm. Swift. He'll get his share. Um, but uh, I do I do like the, this pick as a safe pick on a bad team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna suck. Yeah. <laughs> That's putting it lightly. I mean, they'll probably be one of the worst teams in the, in the league next year. So, I mean, listen, it, I, I mean, they're gonna open up with a running game because I think like any bad team is like, you know, kind of um, in that uh, what do you want to call it that linear sort of offensive thinking. Let's run the ball, and then maybe that will set up the pass. 
Right. When in reality, they're just going to be passing the whole time. So, um, but no, I, I like Swift because he can kind of do it all, and he's going to be on the field a lot. He's just going to have to be. You know, they're going to be. He's going to be needed in a sort of um, pass protection field. Uh, you know, pass protection sort of role, and that'll kind of open up some things in a screen, and then maybe some draws, and you never know. I, I, right. I but he's talented enough to get good fancy points. So, Miles um, Gaskin, Miami running back, uh, has a really easy schedule. I mean, considering they play New England, who uh, they, they're saying may have a, may not have a good rush defense, but I, I I'll you know, being a a, a New England homer. <laughs> I'll, I'll be sort of uh, leaning on the opposite side of that, considering who they have on the the front right. seven. But they play Vegas and Jacksonville and Houston and Carolina Giants. Um, he, you know, is one of those University of Washington running backs, which means he can kind of do a lot of different things. Uh, what do we like about Miles Gaskin? So exactly what you just said—that he can do a lot of different things, and the offense that he's on, the way that they've finally built it um mm-hmm. i think the sky's the limit with how creative they can get with using mm-hmm. gaskin in this offense with Tua tile of Iloa. uh mm-hmm. because i think that you're gonna see pretty good volume um but you're gonna see i i i'm expecting some big plays some long touchdowns from miles gaskin this year oh okay okay um well i can't deny that better offensive line and like Tua's. Two has more of a command in the offense. So like, you'll see some of those reads, um, and some of those really, really nice throws he was making in Alabama. And now they got Jalen Waddle. Like, I think that's going to open up things for Gaskin. And hear me out on this one. I really okay. And you're the kind of guy, Trevor, where you'll you preach their death as we heard last show. Like, you have if you're going to pick up a guy who you feel like is somehow going to maybe has a chance of getting hurt. Or something you automatically go get his 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 backup, just to sort of beat the beat the rush on the, on the the backup or what have you. I kind of like Malcolm Brown. I kind of oh, like sure. him, you know. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if he had a big role in that offense. But like Gaskin came on so well last at the end of last season that I like him too. So oh, absolutely, I, Miami uh, is gonna be very much approved. Yeah. Right, and and if something were to happen, I don't know if you could find someone better than his replacement, in terms of right. the ability and now the increased volume. Uh, Correct. So yeah, picking up your picking up your RB one and RB twos uh, backups are really important right now. Okay, uh, Daryl Daryl Henderson uh, projected to be the starting running back in LA after Malcolm Brown left, and I talked early, and uh, the cavalcade of running backs have been in and out of there. Um, a little bit less pressure on him considering, you know, with Matt Stafford at the helm, um, has a really favorable schedule from week five to, sorry, four, 14. So like a guy who may not come on strong at first, but can really help you out in the middle of the season when you're jumping into the playoffs. What, what do you like about Daryl Henderson? So I, I think that he's a solid running back. Uh, I'd be just as excited about uh, a guy like Alexander Madison if Cook were out mm. for the season um, mm-hmm. because these are really, really reliable running backs that are now going to have all the opportunity they need to uh, to perform big. And the thing I like about Henderson, I'm always talking about the situation on offense. Um, I think that with with a lot of these, you know, w- you know, seeing Stafford play a lot in the past – 
he moves the ball down the field through the air very well. Um, and it does spread out the decent defense once you get into the red zone. Uh, but I would not be surprised if, if Daryl Henderson had uh, more than the expected opportunities to, to get short yardage touchdowns. Um, mm. Because, you know, until they have somebody that can just really get open or win a contested ball. Um, and I'm not saying they don't have talented receivers there, but I just don't know if they have, you know, a Megatron that can just come down in the corner of the end zone with the touchdown every time. Uh, I think Daryl Henderson is going to get a lot of, uh, you know, second and goal, third and goal touches. So well, let's be honest. Who the hell is Megatron nowadays? Hey, I mean, like, <laughs> hey, hey man. These kids even know who this guy is? No. Uh, <laughs> kids, let me tell you his story. Uh, hey, 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 gather around the fire. I'm going to tell you about a guy who was half man, half Megatron. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, yeah, Daryl Henderson I like. How about Damian Harris running back from, from New England? Really came on late. Well, sort of. Middle of the season, he was really good. They got a really, really good offensive line in New England. There's so many good things you hear out of training camp for them right now. People are saying maybe two or three all pro guys, you know, um, and maybe I'm, I'm being a little overzealous here, but uh, they got him. They have Ramon J. Stevenson. They have James White. They have Sonny Michelle. I, I, as do you think Damian Harris is a tier five guy or is where is he at? Because he was he looked real good at times last season. So, I mean, Damian Harris would be. I want to say he'd be my first choice for a running mm. back to draft out of New England. Mm. Um, it's, it's, I think it's always been a little bit of a crapshoot when you're trying to back uh, a running back in New England because they just, they switch so often with who, who has that kind of, you know, you know, RB one status. Um, and that's, that's just how New England's always called their plays they they really mix it up with with who they're you know giving the touches to um the thing about new england this year is we were left with nothing but questions about their offense last season i feel you know it's it's really hard to predict what kind of team they're going to be on offense this year um you know how how is cam newton going to be um is cam newton going to be the guy all season uh, so I, I feel like you're taking a bigger chance with these New England running backs, but that's also why you might be able to scoop up a guy like Damian Harris uh, much lower than you'd expect to. So mm. I think that when the time is right, you got to s- snatch him up. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> I just I I do think like he's going to be the number one running back. Like he's at least going to be on be there on like first down. Um, and granted, if Mac Jones comes to plays, like, okay, then expect them to lean on the run a lot. They're going to do that anyway with the new tight ends, the two tight ends they got in the, in the off season. So I, I expect them to play a lot. I just, you know, you, like you said, it's kind of week to week with their, their offensive plan. So we'll see, you know, um, Melvin Gordon, the third Denver really favorable schedule. They play LA, they play Kansas city. They play Detroit, Jacksonville, uh, Cincinnati, Vegas, I mean, could this is a real sleeper? 
Mel- Melvin Gordon, you no, know, or, I, I, or or Javante Williams from from Denver. Either guy, I I just feel like they're going to rack up yards. You know, no, I I agree. I think Melvin Gordon's going to have a bounce back year this year. Um, he, I I believe he stayed healthy, uh, and uh, you know, I I've said it before. I you know I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is the future for the Denver Broncos, and I know that a lot of our listeners in Denver may hope that Drew Locke could be that guy. Uh, he isn't. Um, and uh, Teddy Bridgewater, <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater, <laughs> uh, whether you want to accept it or not, uh, not being the guy that's going to get you a Super Bowl win is still a huge step forward. Um, and so I really think everybody on the offense for the Broncos get upgraded this year. Um, and the, you know, the backfield is no exception to that. I think that they're going to have a much better time moving the ball than they have had in the last three or four seasons. Mm. Uh, So I expect Melvin Gordon to get plenty of touches um, and uh, including red zone uh, chances. Mm -hmm. So I think uh, Melvin Gordon uh, might make a lot of people happy with uh, what they get out of him. I, I just think it's such a worthwhile flyer on either of those two guys, Javante Williams, rookie running back from North Carolina or Melvin Gordon. Like, dude, they're going to run the ball. They're going to have to. And right. if anything, like, they're also going to be able to throw on the outside with Cortland Sutton coming back and Noah Fant and um, Jerry Judy. I, you know, if Denver had a good quarterback, this is like a 13-win season for Denver. Right. If they had a good quarterback. Right. Once they get Deshaun Watson and Aaron Rodgers in that room, <laughs> week eight, <laughs> I will be I will be correct. I'll be right. You'll look back at this episode and you'll say he had it right the whole time, which I always do. But, you know, in this case, I definitely did. Um, uh, okay. Uh, you know, putting my ego aside here, James Robinson, Jacksonville running back, and then Travis Etienne. Should, I, should we count on drafting either of those folks? One's like it's kind of like a uh, what do they call that uh, the old uh, shake and bake, right? You know, you got James Robinson, right. you got the bake, you got the shake with Travis Etienne. Are they either of them worth drafting or late round flyers or what? What can we expect of this? Well, duo? I mean, this is uh, you know, I've just been saying this so many times. Uh, this is another situation where uh, almost because you just don't know who the number one guy is going to be, that you've got to get them both. If, if this is going to factor into your team. Um, and I mean, if you've got all the running backs you need, then flip a coin and, and, and stash one of them. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, I guess people are favoring Robinson right now. I wouldn't be surprised if a team turned out to be the guy in this offense. So it, for me, it's tough to choose between the two. Um, hmm. And I do think that they'll get, you know, they'll have fantasy relevance, but uh, I'm just not sold on uh, on what's happening in Jacksonville yet. So, mm-hmm. okay, well, that that's fair. I think we we do need to wait until we see who's playing quarterback in Jacksonville, which it's obviously going to be Gardner Minshew. Uh, <laughs> but you know, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens there. Um, real quick, so we got ten more minutes left here. I do want to spend at least five of that left on running backs. Just flyers, I think, will be good. Let's let's get a quick analysis of like maybe guys in the free agency who wouldn't be bad uh, to, to keep an eye on or sort of put a, add to a watch list. Um, 
I'm just trying. You, you know, I kind of have a feeling that maybe <laughs> a guy like uh, I just had, I'm sorry, a guy like uh, let's see here, Mark Ingram in Houston. Should we care about Mark Ingram in Houston? Should I, should mean, I care about him since I brought him up? <laughs> yeah. So I I I, I, I think that. Uh, this is a team that's going to be in a lot of passing situations. Mm. Um, they're not going to find themselves in the red zone very often. Okay. That's it's, a no. It's really hard. <laughs> it's, I mean, you have to be pretty desperate to be looking on the bright side of having a, a Houston Texans <laughs> running back right now. Yeah, you just uh, so much shade for Texas. <laughs> sorry. Just... Sorry, Houston. I love you. <laughs> you don't. Okay. Uh, Tevin, Tevin Coleman, uh, New York Jets. Um, you know, he won't be owned in a lot of leagues. They have a really favorable schedule for running. And given that they have a rookie quarterback, they'll probably have to start running one shape or form, and they'll have him and Michael Carter. He'll probably right. be more on the PPR sort of side. Is Tevin Coleman worth keeping an eye on? Yeesh. Um, uh, we're really getting deep here, guys. Sorry. Yeah. I'm just so, trying I mean, to find anything. I think, I think uh, depending on the size of your league and, and the, the sort of roster, you have to keep an eye on all of these guys. Um, mm. Tevin Coleman, though, for him to really be worth your time, it's going to have to be, uh, you know, uh, you know a, a just consistently favorable situation where he's mm. getting lots of chances, uh, lots of chances in the red zone. Um, I don't think he's going to just put his success on his back and, and will not be denied. Uh, you know, so for, for Kevin, so for Tevin Coleman to really have a good season, uh, it relies on so much more than just the player. Um, mm-hmm. But those sort of situations can happen. And if you recognize the trend before the rest of your league does, you got to jump on it. Um, okay. and so that's, that's the sort of thing that I could see happening with a player like that. Um, there's really, I mean, unless you've just got a really, uh, uh, large league, uh, I don't, I don't know why you'd, you'd scoop him up on draft day. So <laughs> I forgot I asked. <laughs> All right. There you go. Uh, <laughs> Uh, okay, last guy. I think he's actually going to have a breakout season. What do we think of, uh, what is he called? The thigh, the quadzilla. <laughs> the the quad father, yeah. The quad father, yeah. AJ Dillon, right. So I I like this one a lot. Um, yeah, I, I think we did talk about him on, on one of our yeah. other podcasts. Uh, yeah, because Briefly. you know, if you've got Aaron Jones, you need AJ Dillon. Um, he's he's gonna be on the field here and there. Uh, if anything were to happen to Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon is you know, a top 15 fantasy running back. Um, I firmly believe that. So, wow. uh, Because the opportunities will be there. And I think that he is a, a RB two who's just ready for, for that sort of situation uh, Hmm. more than some of these other backups. Uh, So Hmm. I, I put him up there almost with uh, Kareem hunt in terms of the backups that you really want to have. What a hot take that was. Scorching. That's what I'm here for. There you go. (laughs) I'm here all day. Uh, I think that's good for the running backs. I want to to say Philip Lindsay. He's on Houston. Just keep an eye on him. Uh, Injury history and age, that kind of makes me stray away from him. And then uh, Tony Pollard and 
Dallas in case Ezekiel Elliott goes down. Um, so you might want to have him sort of as a backup or on your roster somewhere or on a watch list or something. I think he's pretty dynamic, though. Honestly, I don't think he's like super good. He's not the quad father. Nobody's quad father except for me. <laughs> These quads, uh, they're just popping. You know, they, they can this mic can barely hold them. But uh, yeah, I think if you draft Elliott, keep an eye on Tony Pollard. Last one, Trey Sermon. Um, any really any San Francisco running back, I think will be a good idea to keep an eye on. Oh yeah, because um, you never know which one of them is going to turn you, out to be the guy. It, Trey Sermon. Right. I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up being the dominant one. Right. Um, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Raheem Mostert was either. Um, so you just you have to keep an eye out for it. And it, that's that's a team that loves to run the ball. Um, right. So when one of them becomes the clear number one, he's worth starting. <laughs> Correct. Okay, we got five minutes. Trevor, preseason week one. Tell me, give me some thoughts about that. Quick, quick hit, like real quick. Well, let me let me, ex- let me pull up the schedule here. Uh, I, I, I didn't even warn you. Are, are you excited? Week one. I am. Are so you at least pumped. excited? Okay. <laughs> uh, start up New England, Washington first night, and then you get Pittsburgh, Philadelphia. Um, you got some good matchups: Tennessee, Atlanta, Buffalo, Detroit, Dallas, Arizona, uh, Miami, Chicago, Denver, Minnesota, Cleveland, Jacksonville, New Orleans, Baltimore, New York, New York. New York. Cincinnati, Tampa Bay, Houston, Green Bay, Kansas City, San Francisco, Seattle, Las Vegas, L.A., L.A., Carolina, Indianapolis. Any any game you're going to keep an eye on there? You're going to watch one game? Well, I mean, I, I'm I'm definitely going to watch as much of it as I can. Um, I like to get a first look at at my Vikings, and they're they're playing the Broncos, so that definitely holds my interest. Um, but uh, I, I mean. It's mostly fun to just follow these for the exciting rookies that we want to see. Um, so one that I'm actually excited for is Titans Falcons. Um, I'm very excited for the uh, uh, I can never think of his name, the tight end that, that the Falcons drafted Kyle out of Florida. Pitts. Kyle Pitts. Pitts. Yeah, yeah, so I want to see Kyle Pitts catch catch some passes. Um, so things like that, and then of course, you know, everybody will be uh, holding their breath and keeping their fingers crossed that that. Uh, that the injury fairy doesn't visit their team um, because that's, that's, that's what else is going to happen. You know, it, it happens every, every preseason we have, we, we see it and, and some are much worse than others. Um, so that's something we'll be looking for. Okay. Uh, I'm, you know, obviously New England fan here want to see that first game because I think Cam Newton's kind of had a rough turning camp, especially in the last week. Uh, I really would like to see Mac Jones throw that anybody who is not a first round talented receiver from Alabama you know, <laughs> for God's sakes how lucky can you be in two years you know you get like four or five first round receivers all in the same receiving core right um, I really would also like to see Justin Fields um, and Dandy aka the renegade reindeer uh, red nose red hair Dalton and uh <laughs> And also, you know, this is kind of under the radar one. Um, I kind of want to see what Indy looks like. You know, um, I want to see what that guy Jacob Eason is going to be on that Sunday night. Uh, Sunday, it's a Sunday morning game, 10 a.m. Sorry, on the mountain time. Um, yeah, yeah. Just football's back. No, it's go. uh, it's going to be interesting to see, uh, you know, what the Colts, how the Colts uh, seem to be addressing what might be a real situation with uh, Carson Wentz, because um, we haven't really heard anything definitive yet. 
on uh, on his situation. But uh, yeah, that's that's going to be one to keep an eye on, which is is great because it's the only Sunday game. Um, yeah, it's going to be a fun Saturday. Yeah, man. I, 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 for all you folks out there who have chubbies, I'm right there along with you. So don't worry <laughs> about it. <laughs> we, are, we are all we are in it together. So uh, any thoughts about oh, any preseason football running back thoughts before we preview and say sayonara, Trevor? No, I think I think we've done a pretty good job covering it. Um, yeah. You know. Uh, yeah. You know, hopefully uh, our listeners uh, – found something valuable in these rantings <laughs> <laughs> there were quite a bit um next episode well folks we hope to do some preseason coverage um, of course we have to get to the quarterbacks and wide receivers um, i think we'll start with quarterbacks next in terms of previewing them for your draft which must be coming up for most of you fairly soon maybe in the next few weeks i know mine's in early september uh s- somehow i'm just realized <laughs> that game seems kind of late but maybe it's a good timing um, you know, we may mix in some other things. We have some stuff in the works, some, maybe a co-host, uh, not co-host, but a, 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 an injection of some, some more humor and uh, grab assery, which is about all we do here. <laughs> so, uh, Trevor, do you know where they can find you? Uh, yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at Trev Geodude. Okay. Uh, I'm at, uh, Bobby Law on Instagram. Of course, we are on all major uh, platforms such as uh, Instagram. Uh, we're at football in general on Twitter. We're at football in general. Surprise. Uh, please find us on Facebook on either one of our names, Rob Case, Trevor Koppel. You can get the, the link. We're on podserve.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and probably uh, up in the air somewhere where we're, we're posted like Batman symbol. So just keep an eye <laughs> out for your for your. Yeah. <laughs> your uh your your local uh you know skies so uh, other than that we're out